Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. You know, Sundays are pretty... Sundays are, are, are tough on me. And a lot of people, oh, well, you just got up there and talked for like 20 or 30 minutes. How big of a deal is that? Well, all you're seeing is, is the culmination of weeks worth of work sometimes and prayer and study and everything like that. And as, as good as it is, I love, th- this is what I love to do. This is what God made me to do. But at the same time, when I get done, I'm like, whew. I am ready for a nap or something. I mean, I just, uh, it's one of those things. But last Sunday, you know that I took off for Texas. I mean, I didn't even stay for the closing prayer, man. We were out of there. Me and, uh, me and Riley and Christy, we all went down there. And, uh, anyway, man, it was going through Lamar. It was 102 degrees. But anyway, we, we didn't even really, I had to go home and hook up to the trailer and, and stuff like that. I wasn't even out of town yet, and I was getting a text. Your trailer lights aren't working. Is the story of my life. If I ever, if you ever see me driving down the road and my trailer lights are working, please call the police. It is not me. Somebody has my truck and trailer. But I got to thinking, I was like, yeah, you know, I better get those things to working. So I stopped in Lyman, plugged them in, nothing. So I go to undoing fuses and all of this stuff and nothing's working. And I mean, all my fuses are good. Hook everything back up. I'm tired. It's hot. I've made it, what, 30 miles out of 650 and everything. I'm already tired. I've preached. It's going to be a long trip. Um, my, you know, my job as a man is to drive. My wife's job is to run the air conditioner or the heater. That's just, that's the way it works out. Um, I have not worked a climate control apparatus in 11 years. I am told to keep my sorry stinking hands off of that thing. She will tell me if I'm hot or if I'm cold. So after 30 minutes in Lyman and a spicy McChicken that is begging to exit my body before we get out of the city limits, here we are, headed back to Texas. And everything, I got to thinking, I was like, man, what's the matter with those dadgum lights? And then I remembered, my, my trailer is like, you know, 4,000 years old. I got it from Methuselah. It doesn't ground good. So I was like, man, you know, I don't have a grinder or anything like that. So, you know, being as I didn't have anything else to do but drive, you know, I was driving along and I came up with a thing. I stopped in Lamar and bought some steel wool, unhooked the trailer, stuck the steel wool up in the trailer hitch, dropped it back down, drove around the high, drove around the block twice, lifted it back up, took it out, and the lights worked. That's cowboying right there, guys. That is cowboying. I told my brother, he's like, how's it going? I said, well, the trailer's giving me fits, but this is what I did. He goes, dude, I don't know if you're an idiot or a genius. I think you're just cheap. <laughs> That's probably true. So, you know, here I go, man. I am patting myself on the back for getting these trailer lights working. 
And we get, I don't, I mean, I've only been that way a couple of times, so I think, you know, you go through like, what, Kit Carson, or I guess that's already been through Kit Carson, but anyway, I think there's like Springfield and Campo and then Boise City or Boise City, whatever it is. Anyway, so I'm going along, and man, I'm patting myself on the back, and I look down, and there's about a quarter of a tank of gas. No big deal, man. Ain't no big deal. We got two more towns to go, and I'm seeing like these these road signs for like Big Dave's Truck Stop in Campo, Texas. Beer, ice, wine, blah blah blah. I was like, well, I'll just stop at Big Dave's or whatever it was called. I may stop in Springfield or Springtown or whatever that was called. Well, they don't have nothing there. Okay, so I kept going, and now we're about an eighth of a tank. Well, I pull up to Big Joe's truck stop or Big Dave's or whatever, and there's a big old sign that says, Closed for 4th of July. The gas pumps are padlocked. It is 102 degrees outside. So, no big deal. 28 miles to Boy City. Man, I can drive 40 Whenever the, you know, the low fuel light comes on. Well, if you've ever been between Campo and Boy City, it's like this. And as soon as I hit the city limits, here comes the wind right out of the south. Ah, here we go. At 16 miles left to go to Boy City, my low fuel light comes on. Ding, ding, ding. Chrissy goes, what was that? Because I hadn't told her anything yet. I was like, Nothing. Uh, it must have been my cell phone. I don't know. It wasn't nothing. She goes, we're nearly out of gas. I was like, nah. <laughs> Whatever. God gave me this big Mack truck. So I pulled a Ricky Bobby, and I got like this far from his back end. Why? <laughs> he, was, he was pulling me down the road. Man, I was so proud of myself. I got to pat myself back on the back. I even rolled down the window and looked out for to see my shadow. I looked so good. <laughs> I was going to own this, baby. And sure enough, there's Boy City, and I was kind of praying the whole time. And God, I know you got this, God. You're bigger than any gas station, gas mileage, whatever. I got into Boy City and went... <laughs> First time in 28 years I have run out of gas. Right in the city limits, pulled up across the street from the park. And Christy goes, we'll be at the park while you go get gas. Man, I was feeling guilty and... Yeah, you know, starting to kind of get... I mean, if anything can ruin your day. I'm dead tired already. I've worked on lights in two different towns. And now, I have run out of gas. I pull up my GPS. It's two miles to Love's truck stop. These boots were made for walking. That's just what they'll do. And so here I go. I walk all the way. But I found a loafing joke before I got to, Lo- or before I got to Love's. And then I had a decision to make. Do I buy the one-gallon gas can for $10,942, or do I buy that 99-cent gallon of water and just pour the water out? Actually drink it, because I'm, like, pouring sweat now. And I was like, you know what will happen? If I use that thin-gallon milk jug-looking thing, I'll get about halfway there, and that gas will eat it, and it'll crush, and then I'll start over. So I buy the $10,000 one-gallon can of gas, and then I walk out there and I, you know, put one gallon of gas in it. And here I go, back out to the, uh, back out to the truck. And I, all I could think of is, 
I ain't never telling nobody about this. I will be defined as the no gas guy the rest of my life, but y'all know I've never held anything back. I'm an open book. And so, anyway, I put the gas in and we get to the station and we put gas in and there we go. No big deal. No big deal. It could have been a big deal, but it wasn't. Taught me a valuable lesson. Quit patting myself on the back. Quit looking at my shadow whenever you go through Lamar. Just get some dadgum gas. You ever feel like you're running out of gas? I mean, maybe nothing's wrong. You just kind of get tired and, and, you know, whenever you get tired and you get run down, that's when the devil goes to working on you. You know, you think about um, when Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert fasting and everything. The devil didn't tempt him while he was doing it. After 40 days of going without any food, that's when the devil tempted Jesus. Whenever you get tired, when you're out of gas, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says this, Then Jesus said, Okay, I hope I don't have to do some uh, critical commentary on what that means when it says, then Jesus said. Jesus is saying this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now, I want you to think about something. This may seem very obvious, but I really want you to think about it. Did you know he's not talking about those of you that work real hard? They got calluses that have been up all day. He's not talking about physical exertion. He is not saying when he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He's not talking about how hard you work. He's talking about trying to do things like the law was. We've been talking about law versus grace. In the Old Testament, it was all about in order to please God and to do all this stuff, it was all about what you did. Well, it's not that way anymore. Now it's about what Jesus did, not about what you did. So what Jesus is saying right here is He said, Come to me, all of you who are weary of trying to do everything yourself to try to please God and to make a name for yourself and to all of this, all this. He says, Come to me, let me do it for you, and I'm going to give you rest. Well, a lot of you might be saying, Well, you know, if you're not talking about, you know, it's hay in season or, you know, moving cattle or, or whatever the case may be, if you're not talking about that, I don't think that I'm spiritually tired, but I bet you are. You just may not know it. Let's talk about three ways that you'll run out of gas and get spiritually tired, and that's when the devil's going to pounce on you and beat the snot out of you. Three ways you will run out of gas and get tired. The first one is this right here. You will run out of gas if you are trying to please God. And if you say you're not trying to please God, baloney. We all have tried to do it. If I do this, then God will do this because He is pleased with me. If I go over here and I feed these people, or I do this, or I do that, then God is going to like me more. Let me give you a hint. There is nothing on earth that you can do to please God. Except follow His Son. Except have a relationship with His Son. That is, you don't need, you can't please Him any more than that. You know, there was a buddy of mine, he was actually an elder down at the Pecos County Cowboy Church where I came from. His mom was a uh, principal of really high prominent church schools. 
And there's a, a grocery store chain down in Texas called H-E-B. And it's kind of like your King Supers or something. And it's at one time it was a privately held, it may still be. But Logan went to school, the same school in the same grade, with the grandson of the guy that started H-E-B. Logan told me that he used to go on vacation with them. Now, I ain't talking about going over to the Poudre River with Phil Spence and going fly fishing, okay? They went to Argentina and went dove hunting. They went to London and they went, I think he even rode on the Orient Express or something like that. I mean, he got to do some crazy, crazy cool things. And here's the deal. Why did he get to do it? Was it because of anything that Logan had done? Nope. It was because he was friends with the grandson. And I'm telling you right now that you are just like Logan. If you have a relationship with Jesus, a friend-type relationship, a God-type of relationship, he says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and didn't we do that and didn't we do this? And he'll say, hey, get away from me for I knew you not. If you know who Jesus is and you know him as Lord, your Lord and Savior, then you get access to heaven just because of him. Not because of anything you do. You get to do amazing, amazing things. You know, when we went and started the line camp at Sublet County, Wyoming, it was me and Christy and Riley, and we were right there. So whenever we left Sublet County, we drove up through the uh, Grand Teton National Park to come home because we'd never been up there before. Now, what did Riley do to deserve to get to go to the Grand Teton National Park? Nothing. She got to go because of who her dad was, and her dad got to go because of who his boss is. That's the only reason. You are going to run out of gas if you try to please God. Quit trying to work your way into pleasing Him. All you've got to do is know His Son, and God can never be more pleased. In Matthew 3.17, don't turn over there, but Matthew 3.17, God says this. Jesus is baptized voice out of heaven says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Right? This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Jesus. You are not made right because you do nice things. You are not made right because you came to church. You are made right with God if you know His Son, and that is it. You're going to run out of gas. You're going to find yourself walking alone in the desert if you are trying to please God by doing something besides knowing who His Son is. Three ways you will run out of gas and get tired. Trying to please God. The second one, you will run out of gas if you let fear control your life instead of the good news that we're talking about. Now, a lot of you may say, you know, the cowboy thing, man, it's big, man. Cowboys ain't afraid of nothing. Oh, bull crap. All of us have had bouts of fear and everything like that, and there's Four, this is not an exhaustive list, these are just four that I want to talk to you all about that are going to wear you out and you are going to run out of gas, become spiritually tired. That's when you're going to backslide, you're going to quit doing everything that you have been doing out of your love for God, not trying to please Him. 
But here's fear is responsible for these things. How about this one? How many of you are walking around with a lot of guilt in your life? Guilt is born out of fear. Guilt is a futile attempt to travel back in time and change something. And it's fear-based. Man, that devil will remind you. He's called the accuser. That devil is going to remind you of stuff you did in your past, and he's going to wear you out hard. But Jesus died on the cross so that we may be forgiven. He says, your sins I will remember no more. Well, if God's forgot about it, why do you keep reminding yourself of something that God's already forgot about? Why? Because you are putting more stock in the devil's lies than God's promises. There is no reason for a Christian, an all-in follower of Jesus Christ, to feel guilty. That does not mean that we don't learn from our past mistakes. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. But do not go around feeling guilty for something that you cannot change. And you know what? You will not feel better by imposing some self-imposed punishment. Well, if I feel bad about this for long enough, then I guess it'll be made right. No, it won't. It's not going to be made right. Just forget about it. Go on. Learn from it. But whatever you do, don't dwell in it. Guilt. The second thing is worry. I mean, we will worry ourselves sick about everything. Worry is a futile attempt to travel forward in time to make something happen. You know what? Jesus said, why are you worried? I feed the birds of the air and clothe the flowers in the field, and aren't you much more important than that? Do we not believe what God says when He says, I've got you, I'll take care of you? No. We gotta work harder, work longer hours, make more money so that we can do this and we can do that. And heaven forbid if somebody else has a nicer horse trailer than we have. Eh, forget all that. Quit feeling guilty about stuff. If you need to, learn a good lesson from it. But don't beat yourself up over it and quit worrying all the time. It's dumb. How about this one? Doubt. Doubt. Well, you know, I mean, I know that God said He's going to take care of us, but, you know, maybe He's not pleased with me. Well, we're back to square one on that deal, aren't we? Doubt is putting more stock in the devil's lies than God's promises. Do you truly believe that God will take care of you? Could you leave everything behind and move to Guatemala? God is taking care of them like nobody's business. Do you doubt what God says? He says, I love you. You are in right standing with me, not because of anything that you've done, but because of who my boy is. Guilt, worry, doubt. Those are fear-based deals. And what was God's most, or Jesus' most often repeated command? You know, he said, if you love me, you will obey what I've commanded. And you know what his most often repeated command was? Don't be afraid. Oh, I ain't going to do all that Christian stuff. It's too hard. Oh, he told us not to be afraid. Yeah, this is... Our God is a slave driver, isn't he? He said, I'll do everything for you. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I'll clothe you. I will feed you. Oh, we can't have all that, God. Your rules are too hard for me to follow. I'd rather sit here and be guilty, worry, afraid, doubtful, and shame. Shame? You ashamed of something? You know what shame is? 
It's a refusal of God's love. God says He loves you. We talked about last week where nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not angels, nor demons, nor this, nor that, nor this, nor that. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Shame is saying, you know what? I'm going to reject God's love and I would rather me beat myself up than have God love me. That's what shame is. Are you running out of gas? Maybe you didn't even know you were. But that's what happens whenever you try to please God. The only thing God is going to be pleased with is if you know His Son and you follow along right behind Him about this far from Him. Where He goes, you go. He's going to block the wind. He's going to allow you to go further in life. But no, we want to get out to the side and rely on ourselves. That's going to make you run out of gas. Letting fear control you instead of the good news. It's called the good news. If somebody walked up to you and says, well, what is the good news? Could you tell them? Jesus says, I have come to proclaim the good news. The good news is He's going to do everything for you. You don't have to please God. Jesus already did. says it right there. So that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. It is good news. And the third thing. This will wear you out. And I'm going to challenge you all to be really honest with yourselves. Where do you find your identity? What makes you a man? What fills you with pride? And I'm not necessarily talking about just the negative pride. I'm going to talk about... What, I mean, me and Ty, we're riding along and we're talking about that. And both of us, and I think this is predominant in the cowboy culture, boy, if you get up early every morning and you work your butt off and you're tired when you go to bed and you've broke horses and fed cows and, and moved cows and all this, boy, you're proud of yourself for all that. You're a cowboy, right? Nuh-uh. That's going to wear you out. Your worth does not come from what you do. If you are putting value in yourself, if you are finding your identity in hard work, you're going to run out of gas quick. I don't care how hard... Now, should we all work hard? Yeah. I mean, there, there's many benefits to working hard. And it's, it's unbiblical to be lazy. But your identity is not found in how hard you work. And it's not, your identity is not found in how big your house is or your fancy car or how long your trailer is or how many nice horses that you have. That is not, that does not give you worth. Where do you find your identity? What makes you you? Is it some ability? You know, maybe you can build something good. Maybe you can rope something good. Maybe you can type something good. Maybe you can talk good. Whatever the case, your abilities don't define you. Because if that was true, you know what? One day, heaven forbid, there will come a day when all of us can't get on a horse. So if our abilities define us and our ability to get on a horse is what defines us, one day we're not going to be defined anymore. And we're going to run out of gas on that day when we can't climb back up in there. But we are not identified by some moral or ethical code. Maybe it's in religion. And I'm not talking about a relationship with Christ. I'm talking about a religion. Well, gosh, I'm in church every single time the door opens and I, 
give and I do this. I mean, you just got your checklist going of how religious you are and how much God likes you for all you do. Nah, you're going to run out of gas. Unless you find your pride and worth in who Jesus Christ is and what He did for you. That's the only thing that is going to keep you going. You don't have to be called the run out of gas guy. You can be identified as a follower of Jesus Christ. And when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it's going to manifest itself in your life because God is going to bless you, not by anything that you did, but because of what His Son did and because you're a friend of His Son's. You're a follower of His Son's. Where Jesus got to go, you get to go. It's good news. Quit worrying about everything. Quit doubting everything. Quit feeling guilty about everything. And just start let God love you. It's not about you. It's about Him. Man, we are self-imposed prisons walking around instead of enjoying the grace of God. Hi, this is Lovey Weatherby. I call myself the worst preacher's wife ever, but Kevin calls me his better half. Confused yet? Well, you shouldn't be. All you need to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and you can find links to our live church broadcast each Sunday morning. Or you can go back and listen to this service or any others that you missed. Did you know my man is the author of four books? You can find them all, as well as sermons on CD, by clicking on the store link at SaveTheCowboy.com. On behalf of Kevin and Save the Cowboy, thanks for listening. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.